Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, the place that you want to be to buy your bulls in 2020. Hello folks, Bill Creech here with Hill 70 Quantock Ranch Barn Burning Bull Sale. We're at Lloydminster, Alberta, and this is our 50th annual bull sale. It's February 1, 2020, right at the ranch. We'll sell 400 bulls, red and black Angus, horned and pulled Herefords, Charlays, red and black Sim Angus bulls, and Galvey Balancers. 75% of these bulls are two-year-olds, they're held over, they're not leftovers, plus bred and open commercial females. We'll see you at our 50th annual bull sale. Remember to call us, 800-665-SALE. Make sure you have the right date marked. It's February 1, 2020, Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, 50th bull sale, Lloydminster, Alberta. Recommendations from a physical therapist on reducing back pain. The official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry Shepherd at 352-1866. 620 CKRM Farm Weather Forecast for today. Cloudy skies, 30% chance of flurries. Fog patches early this afternoon, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 5, the low, minus 9. Wind chill near minus 16. Tomorrow, Christmas Day, mainly cloudy, winds up to 15 kilometers an hour. The high, minus 6, wind chill, minus 16 tomorrow morning, minus 10 in the afternoon, the low, minus 11. Thursday, Boxing Day, clearing skies with a high of minus 8, the low, minus 14. Friday, sunny, the high zero, the low minus six. Saturday, sunny skies, the high minus two, the low minus eight. Sunday, sunny, the high minus one, the low minus eight. Monday, sunny, the high forecast minus three. Normal high for this date is minus 10, normal low minus 22 degrees. The sun rose at 8.58 this morning, it sets at 4.58 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Meadow Lake at minus two. The cold spot, Wasika, at minus 9. Around the province, Estevan, minus 4. Saskatoon, Swift Current, and Weyburn, all minus 6. Yorkton is minus 5 degrees. In Regina, with a mist, it's minus 7. That's 20 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northeast at 5. The wind chill right now, minus 9. Humidity is 94%. The barometer rising, 101.7. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, minus 6 degrees. Winds are from the east-southeast at 7. Once again, Regina, a mist, and minus 7, that's 20 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. G3 Canada has announced construction of a grain elevator at Swift Current. The Vice President of Business Development at G3, Brett Malkowski, says construction will start early in the new year. He says selecting Swift Current for a new grain elevator is good for business. Pretty easy, actually. I mean, southwestern Saskatchewan was one of the top growing regions in the country. And as we looked at the G3 footprint, it was, you know, an obvious gap for us. So we had been looking in that region for some time and uh, we're happy to announce that we found a site and we're ready to proceed or almost ready to proceed. When do you hope to have it completed? We'll be uh, operational sometime in 2021. 42,000 tons. How does that compare? Is that one of the biggest in Saskatchewan you've built? No, that's uh, that's very comparable. Since G3 started our uh, our elevator build program uh, several years ago, the facilities that we've been building across Western Canada have been virtually cookie cutter. So this is almost a carbon copy of the facilities that you'd see at, say, Saskatoon West or or Pasqua or Maidstone. 
Now, tell me a little bit about the facility itself. What do you provide at the site? Well, as you said, 42,000 metric tons of uh, static storage. Again, uh, another loop track facility, so 8,500 foot of rail that's capable of holding 150 of uh, CP's new next-generation hopper cars. Uh, We can load a train uh, in motion, just like our other loop track facilities. And from a farmer's perspective, uh, you know, again, we've designed these facilities for speed. We can discharge a Super B in our uh, drive shed in under five minutes. So assuming that we've got a well-scheduled delivery uh, program going, that should result in very little wait time for for farmers. Are you planning on building any more in Saskatchewan? Uh, not not necessarily, though, um, not necessarily no either. I mean, uh, you know, G3 uh, has been on quite a, a growth trajectory now for a number of years. I don't think we're quite done growing yet, but uh, I can't publicly divulge any uh, additional plans at this time. You also announced another elevator to be built in Alberta at Vermilion. Tell me a little bit about the decision there. Why pick Vermilion, Alberta? Same sort of reasons, um, although I'd say that that area in Vermilion and actually sort of the area in Maidstone that we've now we're now operational at in Saskatchewan, you know, some of the acres and just the change in farming practices has been growing production in those regions now for several years, and so uh, they've become quite attractive. And and when we looked at the uh, the highway access, similar to our site at Swift Current, provided really good draw dynamics. So we're excited to be at both locations. Tell me about the Vancouver terminal that you're building. Where is construction? When do you hope to have her open? Well, we're getting closer and closer to completion. Um, anyone who's been to Vancouver uh, recently uh, will see it's very noticeable on the North Shore. You know, we're going to be uh, putting grain into that facility here shortly to let the giant concrete structure settle. And then we hope to be uh, loading our first vessel out sometime in Q2. And by Sometime in Q2, we'll be operational, and hopefully uh, all things go according to plan. We'll be humming along by harvest time. So it sounds like you're almost ready to open it up. Tell me about the size. How big is that terminal? It's very big. It's 180,000 tons of static storage. We have three loop tracks, so we can hold 350-car unit trains on the site at one time, which is totally unmatched. Uh, We can unload a 150-car unit train in and around six hours, which, again, is just a new standard of, of efficiency in the industry. And we can load out to a vessel at around 6,500 metric tons an hour, which, again, is uh, relative to the industry standard today considerably, considerably faster. Brett Malkowski is the Vice President of Business Development at G3 Canada. Many farmers suffer from back or joint pain because of the nature of their hard work. Back pain, joint pain, and migraines can flare up during times of stress. Physical therapist Kathleen Hossack says there's often a mind-body connection when dealing with pain. Intensity and duration of pain varies by individual. Chronic pain may be reduced by following a regimen that includes walking, stretching, and proper hydration. Hossack starts by talking about good nutrition. Nutritionally, having less refined sugar in the diet is going to be helpful alongside drinking at least three liters of water a day. On top of that, general just total body movement as much as you can daily if possible. And this can be as simple as just moving each joint through its uh, pain-free range of motion a few times every day um, or spending five minutes doing a few stretches, that kind of thing, or a five to ten minute walk. 
The benefits of a daily walk build up over time. Statistically, a 10-minute walk every day has been proven to improve health and pain levels. So something as simple as walking down the road or walking even on a treadmill is, is good in the winter season. Just to get the whole body moving and the cardiovascular system moving and, and the lymphatic system moving is all going to help decrease our nervous system's response to pain itself. Three liters of water may sound like a lot to drink every day, but Hossack says it's similar to what the oil does in your car or truck. It is literally something that our body uses to hydrate all of the tissues, hydrate the joints, keep appropriate circulation going through the body, and, and keep appropriate blood pressure. So when we look at people, and I would say most people I meet, don't have a great hydration routine. Their system is running kind of as a car would if you didn't have a routine oil change or, or good lubrication into that engine. Hossack also recommends a short period of mindfulness each day to connect the body and brain. I usually start people with two to three minutes, two to five minutes um, daily where they set a timer on their phone and either they're just simply focusing in on their breath with their eyes closed and just kind of relaxing in that state. If you fall asleep, awesome. Um, that's why we have a timer on your phone to kind of bring you out of it. Most of us could do with more rest in our days anyway. Kathleen Hossack is a physical therapist based in Winnipeg. The number of club root pathotypes in Alberta is growing so much that a new identification system has been established. Club root resistant canola varieties were introduced 10 years ago, but resistance is beginning to break down in parts of Alberta, due mainly to tight crop rotations and the spread of spores by soil movement between fields. Stephen Strelkov is a University of Alberta plant pathologist and has been monitoring the spread of club root since it was first reported in the Edmonton area in 2003. As of 2018, he reports that 204 Alberta fields had club root when seeded with club root resistant canola varieties. Another 124 fields were identified this year, but those results still need to be confirmed in the lab. Fields that have implanted to club root resistant canola, where we are finding club root, there's two pathotypes, one called 3A and one, of, one called 3D that are the most common and certainly make up the vast majority of the cases. But there's some others that maybe are a little bit worse in terms of their aggressiveness and their virulence characteristics, but luckily they're much rarer still. And then, of course, we still find the, the original or old pathotype 3 that we call 3H is still popping up and it's still quite widespread. Strelkov says the number of club root pathotypes has doubled since 2017. Prior to 2013, we knew of about five pathotypes that were present in Canada and uh, in the last, I would say, six years, since we had the first cases of new strains of the pathogen that could break or overcome resistance, we found many more. So now we're looking at a situation where we have 36 unique pathotypes that we know of in Canada. Of course, there's some that are much rarer than others, and, and there's three or four that are really stand out, like are the most common. But it is disconcerting to know we have so many different pathotypes and virulence phenotypes out there. An updated system has been implemented to classify the new pathotypes. We were using a system that had been developed in the United States for pathotype classification by a fellow called Williams in the 1960s. But what we found was that when we were characterizing these new strains that we're finding from fields where resistance has been broken, we couldn't distinguish the new pathotypes from the old pathotypes using that system. So we had to, working with other Canadian club researchers, developed a system called the Canadian Club Root Differential Set, which gives us a bit more capacity to distinguish between pathotypes. And certainly that's helped us to try to track some of these new strains that are coming up and are emerging in the last few years. Strelkov says the emergence of new pathotypes underlines the importance of an integrated club root management plan, which includes seeding canola once every three or four years on the same field.
It is a very risky game to go into a short rotation, particularly if club is already established, because I think it's almost a matter of time if, if, you, if you're growing canola and, and there's club root there and even if it's resistant canola you know it's very very risky to grow in, on, on a short rotation that you know you can only get away with it a few times and, and then eventually kind of nature will, will bite back. Steven Strelkov is a University of Alberta plant pathologist who has been keeping track of club root cases in Alberta. Saskatchewan is expected to release the results of its 2019 club root survey early next year. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola rose $1.50 at $4.31.68. Oats fell $1.28 at $1.92.78. Number one red spring wheat gained $1.65 at $220.19. The rest were unchanged. Durham $266.39. Feed barley $157.68. Flax $521.35. Lentils $419.50. Yellow peas 244.89. Feed wheat 156.83. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, March wheat is up five cents at 5.42 and a quarter cent a bushel. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of December 24th. There hasn't been much cattle moving, but Assiniboia did have a regular sale last week. D1 and D2 cows sold from 78 cents to 88 cents. D3 cows sold from 65 cents to 75 cents. Counter cows sold from $0.40 cents to $0.60, cents, and good butcher bulls sold from $0.97 cents to $1.07, with the odd sale up to $1.10. We would like to thank all of our customers for their business and look forward to seeing you in 2020. Merry Christmas from everyone at the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. This has been Stephanie Dagg reporting. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 9,600 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 114 to 147 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,100 head, selling a range of 115 to 146 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar is up two basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3160. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 76.04 cents US. It was easy to miss yesterday's quarterly hogs and pigs report, with trade, tariff, and ASF related news taking up most of the column space recently. The report was released after trading yesterday and most categories came within pre-report expectations. Of note, all hogs and pigs were pegged at 3% higher than a year ago, marginally higher than pre-report estimates, while the breeding and market hogs were also near the range of expectations at 2.1% and 3.1% higher than a year ago, respectively. The 180-pound and over-category estimated market hogs at 6.7% higher than last year, which was 2.1% higher than pre-report estimates. However, the lighter categories came in at 1.7% and 1.2%, which was 0.7%, 1.5% lower than the pre-report average estimates from 50 to 119 pounds and under 50 pounds categories, respectively. Lean hog futures today are trading in a mixed pattern at the start of the session, not really being influenced by yesterday's quarterly report. On behalf of HAM staff and board of directors, we wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday Season. And the outlook today, cloudy skies, 30% chance of flurries, Fog patches early this afternoon, winds up to 15 kilometers an hour. The high today minus 5, the low minus 9. Wind chill near minus 16. Wednesday, Christmas Day, that's tomorrow, mainly cloudy. Winds up to 15 kilometers an hour, the high minus 6 tomorrow. Wind chill minus 16 in the morning, minus 10 in the afternoon. The low minus 11. In Regina with mist, it's minus 7 degrees, that's 20 Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.